Hello to all on Facebook today. It is uh, the, towards the end of February, and um, we have seen some uh, devastation in Ukraine over the last 24 hours especially, and uh, our hearts and prayers uh, go out for Ukraine. Many of you know that I did mission work uh, there for three years with the Woodland West Church of Christ in Arlington in the city of Mariupol which is one of the key cities in Ukraine, uh, just on the Azov Sea across from Crimea, in the very south, southeastern portion of the country. And also um, uh, for three years uh, later, and from 2008 to 2010, I was a part of Team Imagine uh, that was working with youth Bible camps there. Some have gone since then and, um, uh, and working with children and wonderful translators uh, Ukrainian uh, young adults that knew so many languages, including English and uh, Russian and Ukrainian, and usually a few others as well. Uh, just incredible people, wonderful, beautiful children, staff, um, so many there, and the churches there in Mariupol, in Donetsk, and other places. Our hearts and prayers uh, go out for all of you, and uh, you are certainly in our in our prayers today, uh, constantly thinking of what is going on there and asking the Lord's blessing to intervene and to keep you safe. And we hope and pray that you are safe right now and that you will continue uh, to be safe. Our Lord is, um, uh, this is still my father's world as the old hymn says. We believe that, but we also know that there are other forces at work. Certainly we see a lot of evil uh, behind this particular uh, event, and we pray that God will be with our world leaders, uh, the leaders of this country in the United States, the leaders of Ukraine, the leaders of Russia, uh, the leaders of other nations that will have a hand in forming uh, some kind of response and communication to go through this very difficult, difficult time. So we pray for you. We pray for the church. We pray for the gospel that it will be spread. Uh, no matter what the future holds. And that's true for you there in Ukraine, the, for you there, <laughs> for those who are in Russia. And, uh, and that is true for those here in um, Tyler, Texas as well. And so we're keeping you in our love and hearts and prayers. Uh, as we continue this Facebook study, I want you to know that at the end of this study, I'm going to share a prayer, uh, part of which is a song. Uh, that we sang in Ukraine when we went with the youth Bible camps. And the title of the song is Prayer for Ukraine. And I will uh, sing that prayer that is the chorus of that song. And also uh, add the high priestly blessing that we will be reading about in this study today. As we've gone through Eflagard Smith's The Daily Bible, we have, um, we have looked at a lot of stuff regarding the tabernacle and the worship and the priests and the sacrifices and so many uh, other other things. And so today I want to um, share a little bit about that, share a little bit from the New Testament uh, that summarizes some of what you've been reading this week out of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and also um, be able to um, share about the blessing of being in Jesus Christ, the ultimate great high priest. Um, First of all, I just wanted to give you a little uh, highlight of one of the things that you read about uh, this week. You read about it in Leviticus chapter 5, but also in Numbers 
uh, chapter 15, and I'm going to read a passage from that in just a moment, and it's the difference between unintentional and intentional or deliberate sin. Uh, scripture and the law of Moses uh, contrast that and offers uh, things to do to sacrifice for unintentional sins, uh, sins that we do that we're not sure of, and it, it gives you information about what to do if that's done individually, if it's done collectively uh, as a community, if it's done as the whole nation. Uh, unknowingly uh, disobeying God, and uh, and sacrifices are still uh, meant to uh, be offered. Uh, there's no excuse in the laws of Moses uh, for not knowing uh, the right thing and the wrong thing, and for unknowingly uh, sinning. There is uh, sacrifices that are given to be made, but then when you come to intentional, deliberate sin, that's sometimes called the sin of the high and uplifted hand, which is basically someone saying, I don't care what you want, God, I'm going to do what I want. Uh, we see that a lot today as well in our own culture. And in the Old Testament times, there were those who would do that as well. And it's interesting to hear uh, what Moses has to say about that. Reading from Numbers chapter 15, verses 30 and 31, after talking about all the sacrifices that you're to make if you have uh, uh, sinned in an unintentional way. You are guilty of unintentional sin, either as an individual or as a community. Um, that's contrasted with this, beginning in Numbers 15, verse 30. But anyone who sins defiantly, whether native-born or foreigner, blasphemes the Lord and must be cut off from the people of Israel. Because they have despised the Lord's word and broken his commands, they must surely be cut off their guilt remains on them. It's a very serious thing to deliberately, intentionally disobey God, to put yourself on the throne of the creator and master and Lord of the universe and say, I don't care. I'm not praying anymore. Not my will, yours be done, Lord. But rather I am saying, I'm going to do my will. That was taken very seriously by Moses in his day. It's taken very seriously by God whenever that occurs. Um, and so then I want us to turn for just a moment to the New Testament, to Hebrews chapter 9. We'll read from Hebrews 10 next week. But in Hebrews chapter 9, there are these words that are very significant. They're a great summary of what we've been reading in the daily Bible and all of this stuff with the tabernacle and the sacrifices and the priests. But then it's also contrasted with the great high priest. So starting with uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary that you've been reading about. A tabernacle was set up. In its first room were the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, or the holy of holies, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. The ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, we read about that, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim, or angels of glory, overshadowing the atonement cover, or the mercy seat, the top of that box that's called the ark of the covenant. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now, even though he's going to. Verse 6, when everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. That's what we've been reading about. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. 
That's what we call the Day of Atonement that we've read about, or the Yom Kippur. Verse 8, the Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle, or even temple, was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. Hebrews 9 verse 11, But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say is not a part of this creation. That's heaven itself. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place, the very throne of God. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. And then we skip down to verse 23. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, better than the ones we've been reading about. For Christ, verse 24, did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. We anxiously look forward to that time when there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, no more war. And so as we close this study today, as I said, I want to share a prayer for Ukraine. This is the chorus of a song we sang with our wonderful friends in Ukraine as we worked with the translators and with others, with the children there in uh, Ukraine and the youth Bible camps. And uh, I'll offer this prayer, and then we'll go back to that great high priestly prayer that God taught Moses to teach to the, to the high priests, that prayer of blessing. Uh, from Numbers chapter 6, beginning at verse uh, 24. And this is the prayer of blessing that God instructed Moses to have the high priest give. And you've heard it before, very likely, in church services, even in weddings. Um, I use it a lot at the end of a wedding to give a blessing to the bride and to the groom. We'll use it today at the end of this song, this prayer song, Prayer for Ukraine, to ask the Lord's blessing 
of his presence and his peace to be upon all of those who were there. Prayer for Ukraine. <clears throat> Merciful God, we pray for the people. Merciful God, we pray for Ukraine. Save us from sin and forgive. Your grace to the people reveal. Merciful God, I know that you'll take me into your glorious heavenly temple. You gave us joy, peace from above. You died for the people you love. Put their names to the book of life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Through Jesus we pray this prayer. Amen.